0: Hey there, everybody! Welcome to Fresh Out, the podcast. I am the board game guru and game master, extraordinaire Jahannan. Uh It's me,
1: it's me, Casualty CDG. I'm a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian.
2: And I am the professional media and movie mastermind of the Fun House, Drew Munhausen, and welcome to episode 33
0: of Fresh Jeez. Out
2: the Podcast.
0: I was really hoping um, I'd have better friends by this oh, point in my life. Oh, well,
1: you know what's <laughs> awesome about episode uh, 33 is I just had
0: my 33rd birthday this past year. Oh, month. yeah. Happy birthday, Gary.
2: Hey, I had mine last month, too. So that's, yeah, this is, it's a special one for all of us. Are
0: we all 33?
1: We're all 33,
0: and wow. it's episode 33. Three 33-year-olds 33 wow. on episode 33. <laughs> I think that's it, guys. It's We did it. That's it. Thanks all right, for thanks for in. listening.
2: <laughs> um, well, I, you know, to just kind of jump right into some stuff here... Because we've okay, we've talked Peacemaker in bits and pieces here. We we talked a lot about the first three episodes that dropped all at once, and then we've kind of talked about it off and on through the weeks. And now we finally have had the the season finale, and uh, we can really get into it. But before we do, I was going to read some stuff to you because I don't know if you were you guys were aware of these stats yet and stuff. Well, obviously Peacemaker got renewed for a second season. Yes, so. That's exciting.
0: I and... think
1: uh, we were we were all hopeful, and dare I say, I called it. But like, of <laughs> course, right? It was James Gunn. Like you almost could have called it before it came out. I, I don't feel like I called anything special, but I'm thankful.
2: We're, we're in kind of this weird area with these prestige TV shows that feature big names. You know, whether it's John Cena or like the the Marvel shows, um, where you don't know. You, you know, you know, you're getting a season of yeah. the show, but you don't know if their goal is to have multiple seasons or to just do a one and done. Like, for example, with Marvel, you know, they've all been one and done, with the exception of Loki had the surprise at the end of the first season that they were going to do a season two. Yes. So with Peacemaker, you know... I didn't know if it was going to be a multiple season kind of thing or if it's yeah. just, you know, a spinoff one and done after the Suicide Squad. But I know for myself, after watching the first season and getting to know these characters, I'm ecstatic for a second season and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, it no, like, uh,
1: Maybe Economos left the team towards the end of the episode. Uh, he He went back to home base, as it were. And so I hope that he comes back for season two, that they, you know, they did show him make an exit.
2: Surely, surely he does. And I think it, this kind of goes without saying, but we're going to be talking about the finale and the episode, uh, excuse me, and the series as a whole it, in spoiler details. Spoiler alert! Before we get into that, though, I was just going to note, I thought this was really fascinating. I'm, I'm looking at... Um, Slashfilm.com actually reported on this, and uh, it's part of it's coming from a tweet from James Gunn. But this is pretty cool. So Peacemaker's season finale is the number one uh, most single-day viewership for HBO Max original series. So that's <laughs> worth noting. So this isn't just like you know, just us or our circle that's watching, like a lot of people are watching Peacemaker, but here's what I also thought was really cool. The penultimate episode that aired last, last week was the numbers from between the finale and that episode went up 23%. So 23% more people watched the finale on the day it came out than the second to last episode. And the finale was up a full 44% viewership from the premiere. So I think that that's really interesting that shows, you know, yeah, it's, it's appointment TV viewing, you know, how much that episode a week format is still working yeah. for streaming shows. Um, but yeah. also that this one obviously caught some word of mouth. People were talking about it, including us from week to week, and more and more people watched it, which that's great.
0: Yeah, because often, often viewership goes down, uh... As things go on, you know, some people just, they like the first few and then they drop off. But this one, just more and more and more. That's fantastic.
1: I've been preaching the word of Peacemaker to anyone who will listen. Mm. People who people who haven't seen it, they haven't watched it. I don't think they know what they're missing. I don't think they know that it is a, a comedy. It's an action movie. Yeah. It's emotional. It's a buddy cop film. It's an entourage, you know, cast there's there's a lot, man. It's a really deep show. It's not just uh, John Cena playing a superhero. That sounds so flat compared to how rich that show really is. Yeah, uh, and and I loved it, and I can't wait to see more.
0: Yeah, I don't think people realize how good TV can truly get. This is this is this is some high quality viewing, man. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, what do you guys want to talk about? I'm excited. I've been I've been loving Peacemaker. Uh, I've been loving every. Minute of it, like I said, this is the first time I've ever seen John Cena as a character and not as John Cena, uh, and it continued. I, th- I was worried that I was going to drop off. He was going to come back. I was going, but now his acting on point. Uh, you know, when he's practicing his face exercises, not bad. Uh, he had
2: some good emotional moments at times did. too, where it's like he, he had some tears flowing. Yeah,
0: like, he, he he had. Could, he- some quality acting moments, like not for a WWE superstar for anyone. It was pretty good. Uh, I, there's a scene where he's sitting on the porch, uh, towards the end. We'll talk about that scene later, but like, man, I just like, you just feel for him. Like just the way, uh, I don't know, man, it's crazy. Maybe it
1: was just growing up in the late 90s, but I was always, like, a huge fan of The Rock. Yeah. And I I, up until maybe last week, I would have told you that The Rock is the shit and he's better than John Cena. Mm. Uh, But now I'm not so sure. (laughs) I might have gone to uh, to Camp You Can't See Me, uh, to Camp (laughs) FU. I might be a a Cena mark for life now, man. Uh, The Rock, we'll see when Black Adam comes out, but I'm going to tell you right now i don't think black adam's going to be better than uh, peacemaker.
0: Yeah, so i agree, but <laughs> black adam looks like it's going to be fucking good. Um i have i'm high i'm hopeful. And uh, are we are cool to talk about spoilers for peacemaker? We are right? cool to talk about spoilers. Yeah, I have the alert able, up. I'll, uh,
1: I'll i'll row my boat from black adam over to the other dc characters that make an appearance at the end of peacemaker. Yes. Um what did you guys think about members of the Justice League, uh, first appearing silhouetted and then, uh, actually getting to see some of the actors from the other DC films yes. at the end of Peacemaker? What do you guys think that means for the DC universe moving forward? Does it mean anything? Was it just cute? Tell me I about
0: it. think it means nothing because, uh, DC is incapable of continuity, uh, completely they just they can't fucking do it and it's frustrating but seeing jason mama ezra miller fucking cool um maybe it means they're gonna try something but uh i was watching a trailer uh for some dc stuff and like they had a dc trailer and it had you know justice league stuff you know aquaman uh, but it also had the new batman movie coming out right this one trailer had two different batmans and <laughs> fucking like it's like so they're just pushing dc as a uh, a film like they're making movies and stuff at but it's not uh a, a universe anymore to me i don't i don't think so
2: i'm i'm probably a little bit more optimistic i guess uh what first i'll say when we saw the silhouettes of the characters, yeah. I definitely thought, "Ah, oh, you know, that's funny." Like showing the Justice League, but obviously, you know that those actors aren't on set; that it's just silhouettes. <laughs> and then we actually got the moment with Momoan as for Miller, and that it definitely made me like. You know, I was shocked at it, but I, but I laughed out loud. The jokes were funny, and yes. I think it was great because, yes, you know, the the Justice League and those movies are more of like the mass entertainment that they're not going to get too super raunchy with the jokes, but mm-hmm. Peacemaker has been very R-rated. And so the fact that those characters got to show up and, and add on to some of the jokes <laughs> that have been consistent
0: through the series, I thought was, was really fun. Yeah, Jason Momoa said, fuck. like <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that.
1: I've, I feel like we've talked about it before that James Gunn has loved working with DC. Uh, well, he's loved working with HBO Max and he has liked working with DC. <laughs> but he says that he, he will continue to work with HBO Max in the future uh, because they give him the kind of freedoms he wants. Uh, and then he said that DC was kind of, uh, you know, mostly they played nice with the material, but sometimes they didn't want him to to take stuff. But they did let him do deep digs on these Bizarre characters like Batmite and write them into the script. So <laughs> I I think that there may be a future here with DC because because DC's all their stuff is on HBO Max anyways, right? Um, uh, a yes, lot of them, where, a lot of them. That's, that's where, um, where like, all their cartoons and their their animated features yes. and stuff pop out. Their animated so, features pop
0: out. They have uh, Titans. They have uh, Doom Patrol. Uh, several other IPs. Some of those have crossed over with each other too. With uh, this
1: massive success, with James Gunn having the biggest viewed finale with, you know, John Cena coming back, reprising his role, uh, I think that DC would be, I, I think they'll give him a bigger job, uh, straight up. They they gave him Suicide Squad, he crushed it, they gave him Peacemaker, and he more than crushed it. I mean, who the hell was Peacemaker two years ago? Um, and, and now it's the biggest finale on streaming services, yeah. so it's... It's crazy, man. He's great, and and I think they'll give him the keys. They should, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope that it means that the multiverses are tied together yeah, for whatever reason, but I can see what you're saying. Uh, It's just a joke. They just let him make the joke, (laughs) and all their worlds don't mean a whole lot, but I am in the camp with Drew. I'm optimistic that this means uh, Jimmy G will get the keys to the DCU.
0: I am not optimistic. I am hopeful. Like I would love to see it. It would make me happy. I want. I, I like DC. I just got. I bought uh, some DC comics recently. They have a new Batman Night series, which is fucking cool. Uh, but I I don't. Uh, I'm not optimistic about it at all.
2: Here's here's the thing that kind of ties into this that I think's noteworthy. I mean, mm-hmm. first off, we know we're getting more movies with some of these established actors and characters. Like Gal Gadot's going to be in a third Wonder Woman movie. We know we're getting a new Aquaman and Flash movie this year. And Flashpoint, the Flash movie might kind of answer a lot of questions about what all they're going to do in the future. Um, And the other uh, silhouette we saw was Superman, which we don't really know if Henry Cavill is going to be coming back in the future, but I don't think he's necessarily opposed. It's almost just a matter of them figuring out what to do. Um, Noticeably absent from the silhouettes were Cyborg and... Batman, which mm. kind of makes sense in based on I think real life yes. politics outside of the movies and you know the films itself because obviously it's the Ben Affleck Batman that's part of this Justice League but you know I don't think we're gonna get any more Ben Affleck Batman I, we're getting I'm pretty sure they you know, said and, he's done yeah and we're getting a new version of of Batman that's set in a different time period I don't know there's a lot of things there but it seems like the characters that were in that cameo yeah. seem to be the ones that they might have plans for moving forward.
1: So what you just said, yeah, it's almost like, you know, by not having Batman and by not having Cyborg, they almost give you a hint that those, we are going to use these characters going forwards. We didn't even bother silhouetting the other ones. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I mean, we're,
1: we can use, you know, more Jason Momoa and more Flash in the future.
0: Yeah. I don't know. They're, I, I don't know if it was mutual with the Ben Affleck thing or if they're getting rid of him or what. Uh, well, I
2: believe he's appearing in the Flash movie yeah. as Bruce Wayne, but I think he has said that will be his last appearance. And it. so, again, we might get some questions answered then. We know Michael Keaton is going to be in, in the Flash as Batman, and maybe he's going to be ushered in in some capacity as an older Bruce Wayne. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. see what they do. It might It might answer some of these questions.
0: And then uh, Ray Fisher, uh, Cyborg, he um, had a lot of issues <laughs> with uh, the filming of Justice League. There were some big, big problems, and so that you know that might be why he's not there. Um, it's,
2: it's an unfortunate situation with the investigations that have gone on to it. He has he's been pretty open sharing his story, yeah. and so um, it's just un unfortunate for fans of the character cyborg that it seems like he's just been kind of written out because of that situation, because actually watching um, Zack Snyder's justice league, when that came out on HBO max last year, I, I watching it again, Ray Ray Fisher was pretty good. Yeah. As cyborg. he was. It? And uh, so it's too bad. I, I do want to read this. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, there's a interview that James Gunn did with variety And they ask him about Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller coming in and shooting their cameos. Excellent. And he said, this is a quote from James Gunn with Variety. He said, I think before we ever shot the show, we talked to Jason about it. We were like, listen, Peacemaker says you fuck fish all the time. And we were a little afraid that he'd be upset, but he just laughed. He was cool. So he was pretty much on board from the beginning. And then Ezra, I found out through some common friends, liked my movies a lot. So I asked if he would come in and shoot the scene. He kindly agreed to do it. And actually Marvel shot Ezra for us because we were shooting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3.
0: So I uh, heard something about that part. Yeah, that's funny.
2: Yeah, so they got uh they, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 crew shot the Ezra Miller scene which I thought was was pretty cool. That's pretty that cool. That
1: means that there are backstage pictures somewhere of the Flash hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> they did ask why weren't Batman and Cyborg in the group in this interview and he said, "You know, I don't know what I can and then he, you know, a stop. And then he said, there are reasons for it, but I'm actually uncertain whether I can say what those reasons are. I might have to do with future stuff. It might have to do with future stuff. So there you go. I think that's basically what we kind of assumed. And James Gunn straight up says it there. So, so yeah, um, there's that, but yeah, that was a great cameo. Good moment.
1: They will give him future projects. I really do. I, I think that he will work with DC
0: for many more years to come. Uh, yeah, before we, like, because I, I really want to dive into the final. It was fantastic. A lot of cool stuff happened. Uh, before we do that, though, it sounds like we all kind of are in a similar mind space here. If you could have James Gunn take any DC property, what would you what would you want James Gunn to shoot, uh, essentially? Because whatever it is, it's going to be good, uh, apparently. So I'm not even sure I know the answer to this. I think he would do um, the new uh, the new gods really well um because those are he he takes those strange out there characters and really humanizes them you know what I mean like he makes them cool and he makes them household names I think that could be really cool
2: and he also does really well with a team dynamic mm. as we've seen with guardians and and with the justice League so I don't know if I would say like, give him a like a justice League movie with the characters that are that are left because to your point he does like using those uh, lesser known yes. characters but just seeing even just the couple of lines that we saw f- between aquaman and the flash I'm like give me an aquaman and flash team up movie directed to <laughs> I,
1: I have you guys, I have a few you it. guys helped me build this house each one of you said something that's very important he does need the new justice league movie mm. he does need it without the characters the characters that are missing and they need to bring in some of the lesser known Justice League yeah. characters and let him have a ball. Because I was thinking when you asked Wonder Twins. I mm-hmm. would love to see him go ham with Wonder Twins, but if you brought them to the Justice League, put him in the empty slot, and then brought in Hawkman or Hawk Girl, uh, I think you I think you're cooking with fire.
0: Yeah. No, those are all so I'm glad that you're looking forward to those characters, because I have seen uh I've heard tell that they're doing something with the Wonder Twins, and I saw Hawkman. Uh, in one of the trailers for one of the movies. And it's all exciting. I 'Cause in
2: Black Adam. Yeah. I Black. Because
0: I'm, I'm here for the Hawks. I'm here for the Hawks. But, uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. I think it would be really cool because they have all those weird-ass characters um, in the Justice League that never get any screen time. I think that uh, sure. he would do really well, like, oh, B-Team or,
1: or the, Dark. Uh, what dark. are they called the the Legion of Doom? The bad the bad guys like, <laughs> give him like Bizarro and Penguin and
0: Iceman, Gorilla Grodd.
2: <laughs> oh my god! James Gunn could do some wonders with yes. Gorilla Grodd. Oh and my Bizarro. god! I would and love. And
1: then you could keep using some of those Justice League heroes because they'd be fighting, uh, but you wouldn't focus
0: on them, right? They would just win in the final act. I would almost say something along the lines of Young Justice he would do really well as well. Uh or like Teen Titans. Uh, but the Young Justice really has that opening for like those weird characters which he's so good with. But yeah. I'm glad to, yeah, that question.
1: So we good. started talking about James Gunn like way more. But you guys have anything you want to say Gunn. about Peacemaker. Anything yes. else about the actual the finale?
0: Yes. Uh you guys go first because I'm gonna ramble.
2: Well I was gonna say so first off, um, you know, there were a couple of characters that came pretty close to death that I, I was oh. unsure. So of oh. of the main characters throughout, you know, Mern is is dead, obviously. I think that's that's a done deal. But it looked like Harcourt was going to die. It looked yes. like Vigilante was going to die. Yes. And they we do we did see that they both lived. So, I'm, which I'm happy to see, you know, in a finale, and and looking forward to a second season. I want those characters there. I would have been pretty upset if uh, if either one of them had had actually died.
1: Yeah, very much so. I, I we'd already known that Peacemaker had been renewed for a season two when I was watching the finale. It, it was already public news, and yes. so watching that finale i was terrified which character they were gonna kill (laughs) i I, I didn't know they were going to kill one i just had the feeling that it's a finale we're renewed for season two someone's gonna die and as soon as vigilante took that bullet to the back i was like okay he's not gonna die he'll be paralyzed but like you know they're gonna write him out of the story and and then we see him in the in the exit he gets up he walks out i'm fine (laughs) in a vigilante fashion Uh, and then (laughs) hardcore, you know, when, when I saw her get buckshot blasted to the shoulder and face, I was like, Oh no. Uh, but she seems like the kind of character who had, she died, it would have been a martyr and it would have made, you know, given Chris Smith would have given Peacemaker a a mission and a goal. And instead she didn't have to die and he still got that clarity and still gets to, you know, be with her and make their relationship stronger. So I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I even thought for a moment that Peacemaker might die just because I, I I don't know where they're going with season two, right? We all said that. Did they even have plans for season two when they started season one? And so when Adebayo put on the helmet, I was like, <laughs> oh, no, season two is going to be Autobio as Peacemaker. <laughs> but uh, that, that didn't happen. Um, instead, she got meat missiled straight into the juice, as it were.
2: Into the juice. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, I, I was kind of up and down on Adebayo's character throughout the series. Like, I kind of, I, I just wasn't sure if I liked that character or not. And I would say by the finale and the way that things happened there, um, I think I, I came around on her. No. I, I like her. She's,
1: she's, she's definitely my, my least favorite of that team.
0: I would not say no. no. Uh, who's, I, I who's like
1: your least, least, least favorite on that team, John?
0: If I had to pick, I guess Harcourt, but she's badass too. I like them all. Yeah, they're they're all they've all got their I Like their, them all. But same. no, I love their dynamic uh autobio. I don't know. She's she's a very interesting character, you know. They she's Amanda Waller's daughter. That's a really interesting tie in for James Gunn to do. Uh um, who has
2: her mother. Who's worthless. defying her mother?
0: Uh, you know, and she has like I don't think the show would work uh, without the friendship between her and Peacemaker at the fuck all, because then it would just be awkward him trying to fuck Harcourt for fucking eight episodes or whatever. And it would just be (laughs) fucking uncomfortable for everyone, you know? And, but their, their friendship, I feel really actually brings a show together uh, a lot more
1: friendship helped his character grow a a lot. lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And his character growth is, like, one of the best parts. You know, it's, he's a dynamic character. Dynamic characters are much better than static characters. If he would have ended that series as the same
1: idiot, fucking misogynistic douchebag that he had started as, that show would not have been good. It, it was the, the arc that he went through of sort of redemption from being this piece of shit that made his characters so intriguing. I agree.
2: Yeah. It's actually something that I didn't say on, after the first few episodes because yeah, I just yeah. wasn't sure. Ca- but I was really scared that this show was going to be one of those just raunchy for the sake of being raunchy. That all the dude bros think is hilarious, but like it, it's kind of toxic in a way. And it, and it wasn't. I would say by you know despite the 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 raunchy jokes and the language that it, it's wholesome behind it you know like like there's there's self-discovery and growth and you know those type even though there's a whole group of you know racist white men as as villains and all you know all this kind of stuff i'd say it's uh there's positive messages to take out of it did you
1: see vigilante using a sword to cut people's arms and legs and heads off
2: That whole action sequence of hardcore vigilante and peacemaker storming the barn, uh, like my jaw dropped. I thought it was incredible because a lot of it was like one continuous take revolving around them, you know, as you said, shooting people in the head, chopping limbs off everything. I thought that was incredible.
1: It was really cool, the different fighting styles they were using, because you had Hardcore with pistols, blah 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 blap. And then uh, Peacemaker has that giant desert eagle, and then has the shield, and he throws the shield in the air, shoots it with the desert eagle, and it went straight into somebody's neck. Uh, I erupted into laughter. What an absolutely hilarious, stupid thing. And then, then you have Vigilante fighting his style, which is super effective, because the sword... Going through the head, of course, kills the butterfly at the yeah. same time. So I was like, "Ah, he figured it out." The sword.
0: Yeah, no, uh, you, you guys are right. The they were all fighting noticeably different, which is uh, a credit to their their stunt team, uh, their fight coordinators. Very because like usually everyone's kind of doing the same thing, you know. But they all fought with a specific style, uh, and it was it was great.
2: I'm glad you mentioned the shield specifically, Gary, because that was just such a great riff on Captain America who <laughs> throws his shield and it bounces off people and comes back to him. Whereas, you know, Peacemaker's throwing his shield that has pointed edges and it's just getting stuck in guys, chopping limbs off. Just, uh, gruesome. Good stuff. It was yeah, so good. Super, super
0: uh, the fight was fantastic. Um, I love all the characters. I really liked what happened to uh, Diebeard um, I really like when he's there, he's like having to explain to the aliens why he dyes his beard and he like starts crying and then they all feel like shit that shit was fucking funny like on such a like deep like it was just it made me laugh in my soul that shit was hilarious and then when he goes to help and breaks his leg I was dying I was fucking was crying uh, yeah Which I don't know It's
2: actually the biggest laugh for me, Gary talked about the, uh, the relationship between Pace- Peacemaker and Adebayo. That, the biggest laugh for me came from after Adebayo's first human torpedo attempt that was failed and she hit the wall. She finally recovers, walks back out there, and Peacemaker activates it so that she <laughs> flies straight into the giant alien caterpillar. That, that made me laugh out loud. Uh, I thought just her reaction the way that it looked like kind of the cheesy TV CGI it was like perfect you know the the perfect amount of bad to make it funnier I don't know I just when thought she, that was great when she
1: fell out of the giant caterpillar all I could think was now we're even like it, it, is, you planted the journal I shot you into a giant caterpillar now that we're shit
0: even. was really funny <laughs> yeah no their reconciliation was so good uh, and when you guys you guys were talking about uh, how none of the characters died, I feel like he did a really interesting thing. Uh, Cause like the cops, you know, um, the the two detectives that are partners um, and the the creepy murder guy, right? You know, they're all they were all interesting characters that like I was interested to see at least the detectives or at least the woman come back. Uh, but they they shut that door. You know what I mean? They they. They killed them as bad guys. And that was really cool because you don't have it doesn't have the same burn. But like those characters aren't going to be in season two. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I also I, loved
1: that the bad guy who plays the police chief, the one who took over, so good. He's such a fantastic bad guy. Yeah,
2: he had just a really interesting look. That kind of tall, gaunt. You know. So. I actually
1: know him from Hell on Wheels, and he is, like, a fucking weird-ass bad guy in Hell on Wheels. He's called the Swede. And everyone else is dressed like cowboys, and he's in, like, an all-black, like, Swedish trench coat and all-black clothes and an all-black hat and has that tall, gaunt, creepy look. And he's just always willing to do whatever it takes for a couple dollars. And so by the end of the first or second season, he's a bad, bad man in the Wild West who does horrible things. And then they run him out of town by, like, season four, and he ends up going and joining the outlaw Mormon camps and becoming, like, this psycho, crazy religious leader and has an army of Mormons at his disposal. And so he, to me, is such an iconic bad guy already. I loved seeing him in that. I was like, oh, that's the fucking Swede, yes!
0: Yeah, no, he was so good. Uh, (laughs) And one of the after... uh the after scenes, he's like trying to cry, uh, over the, the cops he killed. <laughs> he can't do it. And it's so fucked up and creepy, man. Uh, but yeah, I loved everything about this. I have no idea what they're going to do for season two. Um, I I really don't.
2: Judo master will play a bigger role in season two and maybe become actually part of their squad Mm -hmm. officially would be my guess. Just worth noting because judo master kind of made little, little appearances throughout here and there. Um, I kind of thought just even based on the intro to the show and um, like, I'm talking about actually the opening credits and, and peacemaker ending it with holding judo master on his shoulders. I kind of thought judo master would play, a bigger role throughout yeah. it just seems like a natural addition to their team and there could be some funny dynamics <laughs> to help to help add some new new flavor i guess for next season
0: I, I mean they showed him at the end uh i don't think he's going anywhere i definitely think uh juno master will return uh and i love the character character's fucking hilarious and Ooh. um
2: was it flaming hot Cheetos that he Flamin was consistently eating? So.
1: I, I tell you what I would like to see out of Judo Master is now that they killed the cause that he supported, I would love to see him as like a... they're always talk about a peacemaker doesn't have a rogues gallery. Yeah. No. And I would love for a Judo Master to be his like sworn nemesis who shows up every couple episodes and they fight over nothing for no fucking reason. That's, uh, I mean, that's he,
0: almost what I'm he's doing. That, and yeah, know. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that at all. Um I think it'd be funny if he just wound up working for the other side of everything that they're ever doing, like, happens ly I think that'd be really funny, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as long as the character comes back, I'm I'm good. Uh, yeah, I love the show. Also, and it was just awesome. worth
2: noting for the actual ending shot of the show, which I think was Peacemaker sitting out on his his, basically, I like guess, front porch... And he's got the vision of his father that he keeps seeing that was there with him. So I'm I'm guessing that Robert Patrick would be, you know, constantly cameo throughout the future seasons as just the voice that he hears in his head. Um, But also I'm going to forget the the name of the the alien that was the main bad alien was goth 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 goth. which the alien Goff coming back and having that last moment with them, which I thought was kind of interesting because it's like, obviously they formed a bond and that bond must have been genuine. But it, you just know that Goff's not going to make it. They'd lost their food source. So in a matter of time, he'll be he'll be he she whatever you would refer to Goff yeah. as will be gone
0: you never know because i mean when you think about the reserves that existed it could potentially last an entire single one of their lifetimes you know what i mean it's possible um but yeah no that scene on the porch was actually what i was talking about earlier i just was jumping the gun uh him sitting there man with his dead father's like memory uh like after everything like he looked so i don't know man that was some good that was some good acting he looked subtle uh subtly like just fucking worn out uh and you really feel for the guy at, in that scene i really felt for him and i thought that was really cool
2: trying to think if there's anything else i got you nothing got to else to see the the sonic boom helmet used a few more times as part of the finale which i thought was funny being dropped in the building and then used to take out half the butterflies
0: yeah, that was really cool. The, the Sonic Boom helmet was dope. Uh, I really, It was really funny when the eagle dropped it in the woods. Uh, and they're like, of course he fucking did. Like, he's an eagle. I don't know. That shit was funny. Yeah, the levitation helmet just floating away. Did you say activate anti-gravity helmet? No. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Yeah, so I guess it's just kind of, you know, they finished their mission. They all kind of went their separate ways at the end, but presumably season two will have the next mission that'll probably be named after an animal, and it'll literally be some sort of version of the animal, as we've seen with Project Starfish and Project Butterfly now in the past. And uh, I'm I'm that trend makes me laugh, so I hope that's what they do. That'd be funny.
0: Project Squid or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also interested to see the fate of Amanda Waller. Uh, after all this,
2: which that's another thing, you know, not to talk about too much, but man, the fact that they were able to get, um, Viola Davis to make not one, but two appearances in the, in the, I think just in the premiere and in the finale, but, um, add just more consistency there. And so they, the fact that they got some of those big names to make just quick appearances, I think lends credit to James Gunn and, DC and what they're doing, and I hope that we get more of
0: that in some of the future Maybe they're DC figuring it out, man. Maybe they're figuring they it do. out. Uh, but yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, I think that is just the James Gunn effect. I think that maybe maybe he's just a great guy and everyone wants to work with him. That's fucking cool. I want to work with him. James Gunn. I'll,
2: I'll well, be... Cool. I, I I'll don't be think I areas. have anything anything else to add about the finale. No, nah, I'm you done with have... the
0: finale. You guys good? Well, no, good man. I would
2: say uh, I think it's pretty safe to say certified fresh out the box yes uh, overall for the series and looking forward to more um I will say one more thing just regarding TV in general and this show the 40 45 anywhere from 40 to 45 minute episodes is just a sweet spot for me when episodes try to push to an hour all the time and sometimes they drag a little too much every single episode of this show was tight and perfect and just a good watch yeah so please if you're making a tv show in the future keep (laughs) that in mind do not add unnecessary padding and drag to your show just to make it an hour that does not make it more worth it I like these shows to be tight like this. It was toy, like a toy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my viewing also,
0: if you're listening anymore. to this and you're making a TV show, come co- co- be on our show <laughs> that uh, too, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so something you were talking about earlier uh, reminded me of something you were talking about the, uh, the broad audience that this show is reaching and man, it just goes to show that people are still fucking hungry. For superhero content, it's not done, uh, and it reminded me they just announced a antho- an animated anthology series for the boys, uh, and that looks—I don't know if you've seen that—it looks really good, and I want to. I will mention.
1: probably watch the animated anthology of the boys. Yeah. The the it makes a lot of the violence and a lot of the situations a lot less real for me, and yeah. it's, it's a little bit more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, The Boys might be a hard watch Yeah, for you. I could see that, definitely. I watched it's a hard watch season. for me.
1: Yeah, I watched the first season and was like never... I I, I liked it and I'll never watch anymore, I don't think. That's fair.
2: I have several comics of The Boys and graphic novels, and for whatever reason, I just haven't watched any of the show. It's like it came out... The first season came out at a time where I was busy and just couldn't get around to it and kept putting it off, and then... Then there was a second season, and then more, and I just haven't had a chance, but I'll, I'll try to watch it. I know people really like it. Seems like. But uh, moving on to stuff that we have watched,
0: um, y'all have anything that you've been watching this week that you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the th- the first off and foremost, Vox Machina also had its finale uh, this week. And so they, they they dropped three episodes every week, uh, for the past four, and so twelve episode run is already over after four weeks, which honestly was kind of cool. Uh, you got a lot of content; you were never like starving for it, uh, but you're always like a little hungry for it. And
1: yeah, these, you can see these streaming companies to, to what Drew's Drew's point, you know, HBO's doing this forty minute action pack thing, and then you have these this animated suite over here on Amazon popping out what is it they're 20 or 30 minute episodes and there's three of them coming out. Yeah. And so you can see that these streaming companies are trying to figure out the format. They're trying to be <laughs> watching them week by week, trying to figure out this formula. Uh, and I loved that there were three of these every week, John, that was Me super too. cool. Uh, and I think that maybe even they could have dropped it to two a week and stretched this out. And I would have also been happy.
0: I would have been okay with that. Uh, I still would have been hungry for content for sure at that point. Um, the three a week really stated, like, I wasn't, like, dying inside waiting, which I, I appreciated a lot. Um, what did you think, Gary, so far? You haven't, I know you haven't finished. I've watched all 12 episodes. I know that you are on, like, I'm the second in, to last. I'm in episode 12. You're I'm, like, 10 12.
1: minutes into it, but I had to run out today, and by the time I got back, I didn't finish it. Um, I would say that Critical Role has exceeded my expectations. Mm. Uh, it is very good. It's a very fucking good show. There was a, an action sequence in, I think, episode 11. Maybe it was 10. The fight? Where, where they're it's stuck in the trap. And Scanlon has to use uh, Scanlan's hand to pick them all up. And it's Ooh, a lot That of was late. a good
0: one, yes. Yes.
1: And so the whole trap sequence turned into an awesome scene. Uh, and that that for me was kind of like the icing on the cake of, you know, uh, it's easy to, to fight bad guys in a Dungeons and Dragons game, and it's easy to steal stuff, but making a trap scene exciting and cool in the edge of your seat, yes. well, that's kind of tough to do, because sometimes a room full of poison's not that exciting, but boy, <laughs> did, boy did they
0: do it. You, uh, t- you touched on a really good point uh, that I was going to forget to make, I think, Um this this it, it, it is D&D. It is crystallized pure Dungeons and Dragons. Even with the cursing, even with the the sexual content, even with uh the ultra violence, you know what I mean? Honestly, I mean d and I don't know what tables you play at. Usually it has those things anyways, but this is a distilled uh Dungeons and Dragons experience, man. It really I while they were walking up the stairs to the ziggurat, get ready to fight a vampire and a fucking warlock uh for the fate of all for the fate of the realm i got a lot of really strong uh D. the animated like the original cartoon vibes like it has that sense of adventure and wonder even even with the adult content i think it was fantastic uh i loved it i don't know there's a lot of violence and i think the violence is really cool i don't know if it bugged you um, I love the cartoon, characters I think
1: animated violence I'm okay with but I would you know there's a warning for anybody who may not be okay with that it's, it's pretty ultra violent at times yeah
0: do not watch this with your kids um,
1: the scene what scene of the of the show is there a scene of the show I guess I should ask that sticks out in your head as like holy shit this was awesome like kind of a, the scene you know do you have one
0: uh, the fight on the ziggurat was incredible uh, I also really enjoyed Percy's inner demon scene. Uh, I was impressed because, like that content, like it's, it's been done. You know, I don't know. It's it's a it's been done. It's a trope. Uh, but it was it was fucking great. I love how often they were set against each other uh, by nefarious means. It's very interesting. And honestly, man, those bad guys really made the show what it was. Because, like, every time he found someone that was engraved on his gun, dude, those people were fucked up and cool. Uh, like... The, the bad guys were
1: bad guys.
0: Yeah, like that short little fucking gray skin dude. That guy mm-hmm. was fucked up. And it was awesome. And then the the professor caught me off guard, man. The professor was a, a fucking dark and dirty, dirty man. It was, it was busted. Uh... But yeah, the, I guess the scene that really sticks out to me was earlier on, uh, when they're fighting those shadows. I know we already talked about yes. it. Yes, oh exactly. My. I really I really thought they were going to die. I really thought they yes, were going to fucking uh, die.
1: That is the scene for me, too, that sticks out. The And that's the first time they fight the Briarwoods. Uh, and the Briarwoods escape, right? Uh, and then they have to deal with those monsters? Is, is that when that is? Or is it just after?
0: It's when the Briarwoods uh, like get them arrested and then... Like set the shadows upon them because yes, the book is
1: that's missing. right. Uh, Boy, it is terrifying. Those race, those shadows, I, those specters are just fear incarnate.
0: I undead are. I know it's gonna sound weird, but undead are very special to me. Uh, when it comes to fantasy, uh, they mean they mean a lot to me. I like them. Uh, I like their story. I like to use them when I DM. Um, they were done to perfection. Kudos, Matt Mercer, from a fellow undead stand uh kudos i I have tell
1: you i totally don't care about zombies at all but undead in particular all Mm. the other things that aren't zombies i'm really fond of i've just seen zombies done to death so when you see these rates come in oh man i was ready for it i was on board
0: yeah also i'm also a big uh just undead in general guy uh including you know i love zombies but Here's I think the last thing I would ask uh, of the 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 gallery of heroes here. Who which one do you like the most? Which which character was yours that you loved like so, seeing?
1: Uh, having having had listened to, to season one of Critical Role before watching this, I had already had some preconceptions about characters. I became I, I, mean, I was a huge fan of Grog right off the bat. Yeah, and I think that Grog is just a ton of fun in this show. He's just a uh, He's a pretty shallow character. He fights and drinks, and that's about all there is to Grog, uh, besides his relationship with Pike. So I want to like Grog. He's just kind (laughs) of shallow. Same thing with Scanlan. I loved Scanlan at the table. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Liam O'Brien, and so Mm. I I just, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to pick one, because I now know about the actors. Laura Bailey, of course, is the voice of Shin Chan, so like, how do you not pick Laura Bailey? Uh, <laughs> so it's it's just, uh, it's, it's hard for me to decide. I will tell you that during the cigarette scene you're talking about, yeah. when Silas Briarwood walked down the stairs, started monologuing, I was straight up paused it and was like, that's Matt Mercer, right? Like, he's fucking killing it. Silas he Briarwood does. is a terrifying bad guy. And I even had to pause it and make sure I was like, I think that's Matt Mercer crushing it right now. And so I don't know if I can pick Matt Mercer as a favorite character, but <laughs> you he can was bad. He, he made the whole the thing. Yeah. All through the show. He was, it, it, he was, he was in, great. uh, he was Matt in Mercer the first
0: episode, it. uh, as himself, he was hanging up a flyer on a bulletin board and scaling Pete on him. I don't know. If you, <laughs> I don't know if you knew that he was in the show. Not. Uh, he's in it a few times, but yeah, uh, Matt Mercer's fantastic. Uh, I am a fan. I think Pike might be my absolute favorite character. Uh, Pike is so good. I've never seen a uh, a holy character that didn't make me want to rip my face off. Uh, she's yeah, Drew, she's so good. Uh, Drew, who's your favorite?
2: Oh gosh, I've still only watched the premiere episode, no. but I would say that the is he is he a halfling bard or yeah. is he a yeah? No, he's I, a he probably...
0: he's no. a. Name. Yeah, he's a, he's
2: a gnome. Okay, a gnome bard. He probably made the biggest impression on me in the f- first episode, which, naturally, that makes sense. I would say the one that made least impression on me, I believe his name was Percy. But I've hmm. heard that there are people that really like Percy. Percy was so my maybe,
0: least favorite at first as well. His character development the, is fantastic.
1: By the end of this first season, um, it's, it's like um i think matt mercer probably sat down and read the characters backgrounds that they had written down and i think he read percy's he read talus and jaffe's and was like bro this is rich let's do uh, you know let's do your story arc about your character yeah. so that first season is really percy centric and you learn about his family and all the things that have happened to him and what made him percy and i think by the end of the first season you will not It's a
0: fantastic. It's a fantastically written character. His backstory is great. His character development is exactly what I, like, if I, when I see that kind of character development for my own players, I'm so happy. Like, it's, it's perfect. Um, I think that Vax
1: probably doesn't get enough screen time.
0: Yeah. Um, Vex and Vax, uh,
1: I love them and their relationship as well. Did you know that she wanted to play the Rogue, but it was his birthday session, so he got to play the Rogue,
0: and she was <laughs> stuck playing the Ranger. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, she she kills it as the Ranger, though. Uh, she, I love I love her confidence. Uh, it's kind of hot, honestly. Not gonna lie.
1: She used to forget to Hunter's Mark all the fucking time. They <laughs> had to have like a billboard in the room or a, a whiteboard in the room where they were playing, and they just wrote Hunter's Mark across the top of the whiteboard in like huge letters so she wouldn't forget. Yeah, no, Every that's really fun.
2: forgets the Hunter's Mark a mm-hmm. large portion of the time, I think. <laughs> a lot of yeah, people brand do new, that
1: kind of stuff. Brand new Rangers, you're gonna forget your Hunter's Mark. Um, also I, I i loved it johan I'm, I'm calling it certified fresh out the box me too absolutely
0: yeah and season two uh the and the setup for season two uh was interesting and i did not see it coming so yeah vox machina uh watch it on amazon uh check that shit out i don't know maybe sometime we could do a watch party or something because that's something you can do through twitch uh with amazon but yeah Speaking of
1: Amazon and things that are certified fresh out the box, last time we talked, Drew had mentioned Reacher. Oh. And I was like, boy, that sounds pretty cool. And so I started watching Reacher and definitely some trigger warnings for uh, you know PTSD and violence and such. I knew that going into it, so it's not so bad. And you know, when you're aware of your triggers and you can do shit about it and avoid it, it's not so hard. So I've turned it off when it becomes too much to watch. But it is absolutely great it's like mission impossible or born identity one of those types of spy thrillers uh, except instead of the spy uh, being a small quick guy who gets into gunfights and runs away the spy is just a giant fucking tank of a man who can and will beat the ever-living shit out of anybody break their arms shoot them and then kill them and He's a better detective than Sherlock Holmes, and he's just always a step ahead. Uh, he he can deduce anything. It's just, he's a, such a funny character. He's such a great hero. Uh, you know, sometimes you're, you're wondering, like, the ensemble shows, right? Uh, this is not an ensemble show. He <laughs> is the ensemble. No. You don't need anybody except for Reacher. And so for that alone, the show's really funny to watch. I'm used to these.
0: It's a real Reacher feature, huh?
1: Oh, come on, bro. Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm used to
1: these ensemble shows. This is what I've really been enjoying. And so this one is just this standout, violent, punisher type of superhero. Uh, I'd say give Reacher a watch, but it is violent. Know what you're getting into. Don't watch it with your kids in the room. Uh, But you've got Amazon, Jahan. I think you might actually laugh out loud at some parts of Reacher. Yeah,
0: oh. hey, I like action stuff. Yeah, definitely. I haven't had man, I just the time, man. But there are a lot of shows just ended, so I do have time. Yeah, Boba Fett's over, the Vox Machina's over, fucking like, Peacemakers over. That was like my big three. So I am looking for something right now.
1: Yeah, you sh- I mean, it's not like Reacher's is going to be your new favorite show of the year. But if you need something to pass the time, it's kind of like watching The Punisher. Uh, you it's very just...
2: it's it's very watchable for sure mm-hmm. it's like gary said it, it's it's one of those shows where you're like oh this is pretty like family friendly until it hits a violent spot and you go oh oh wow yeah this is super violent if you remember last week when i was talking about it <laughs> when my wife walked in she described it as having the same look as, like, a Hallmark movie. Like, it has this kind of sheen over it, and you kind of think, like, ah, oh, is this going to be cheesy? But then you see the violence, and you go, oh, wow, okay,
0: yeah. Wonder so I wonder if they're doing something deliberately to do that, because you talk about how it has the same, like, video quality as a Hallmark movie. I wonder if they do that to make the violence more shocking, because that would be really funny, like, psychology stuff.
2: It probably has... that
0: probably sounds much
2: more insulting than I mean for it to. It's just, there's something about the way the show looks though, where it's just, I don't know.
1: The last episode I watched, Jahan started off with, um, he's trying to put some bodies in the trunk of a car and he drags the first body over and plops it in. And like, I'm watching like, man, that body's way too big. He can't fit two bodies in that car. And then he drags the second body. I'm like, Oh, they're just going to do some like cheesy cutaway camera bullshit And he throws a second body in the car, and it very obviously does not fit. And so then he just hyperextends both knees on the body, like cracks the fucking legs into the trunk, and like breaks the ankles and shoves it in and closes the trunk. And that's the the kind of violence you get. And the kind of twisted comedy you get, right? Because there's something funny about how he didn't just move the other body and make room. He didn't just put him in the back seat. Instead, he folded it up like a pretzel. Because he's Reacher and he can and he <laughs> does. Uh, it's it's yeah. I'd say I'd say give it a little give it a little watch. When Drew was talking about the toxic bro shows earlier, this might be a toxic bro show uh, on the down low. <laughs>
2: there's there's a first off. Anytime he does one of the analysis, one of his quick rapid fire analysis that Reacher does, it's always kind of cheesy. But they they always make me laugh like they always hit the right spot there's one just one jahan just to give you an example it's in the first or second episode i can't remember but he's there's a group of four guys that approach him and you know ready to, to take him on and uh reacher basically says how three of them he's going to attack them in a certain way you know he only he only to de- list three different ways and the, one of the guy goes huh, well there's actually four of us and reacher goes well, one of you's going to have to drive everyone else to the hospital. Like it's just it's just like cheese, cheese, ultimate cheese yeah. like that, but I'm I'm here for it.
1: Whenever he's surrounded by people, he always gives him the fucking countdown until he fights, and he might not count down every single time all the way. He, he's kind to start the fight when he wants to, and he almost always starts with a like face smashing headbutt, like no. cheap shot. It's <laughs> it's fucking good.
0: No, that's excellent. No, it sounds fun. It uh, sounds like a fun time.
1: Um, That's it for me. That's it for Amazon, right? There's nothing else on Amazon that I've been watching. I
2: have something on Amazon, though. Um, but I actually have a pair of movies that I want to talk about, one of which was on Amazon Prime, and one of which I watched on Peacock, of all things. Um, so, actually, there's... I mean, last Monday was... Uh, valentine's day and so naturally you know my wife and i watched a couple of rom-coms new rom-coms that came out within the past week or so um the first one we watched on peacock uh this one's actually in theaters but they have it on peacock as well and it's called marry me have y'all heard of this movie uh mm, no who's in it who are the stars i might have This heard of stars this. Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson
1: Oh my god yes i saw the trailer for that that looked like dog shit
2: So it is yeah JLo, J-Lo is in it the does movie. look like dog <laughs> shit JLo in the movie plays just an ultra singing sensation superstar who's in a very high profile relationship with another superstar and they are about to have a huge concert televised Wedding, wedding, period. And then uh, at the very last second, right before the the wedding, during the live event, she finds out that her husband-to-be has been cheating on her. And, a you know, like a TMZ-like outlet, you know, shares the story right as this is all about to happen. So because she's on stage and was about to marry this guy she's been in a relationship with... She instead picks Owen Wilson out of the crowd, who's just a math che- teacher like just a junior high math teacher and decides to marry him on the spot. And <laughs> Owen Wilson's reason reasoning in the movie for accepting this proposal is that he's divorced and he has a daughter and his daughter says that he's not uh spontaneous and exciting <laughs> enough. So in this moment he he says yes and they get married on stage after meeting. And so naturally then it's a matter of him as just a normal guy getting wrapped up in her uh, little publicity stunt thing but then they spoiler alert you know they end up liking each other and
0: kind of of course they do. Stuff out. Uh, so, w- when she picked him did he go wow wow i can't <laughs> believe he picked he me at some point <laughs>
2: he can't help it And it's just funny, there's a moment in the movie where they refer to J-Lo's character as being just over 35, which, you know, J-Lo can pull it off, but anybody who knows J-Lo knows that she's over 50 at this point, so there's just things like that that were making me laugh. Um, But I will say this. Eat your vegetables, kids. (laughs) Oh, bye, Gary. I'm just going to keep going. We lost Gary for a second. Um, (laughs) Some of the production quality aspects of this I thought were, was a little shoddy. But J-Lo and Owen Wilson were charming enough to make the movie watchable, no. but I'm not going to sit here and sing its phrases and say that everybody should watch it. I will say this, though. The director of the movie, Kat Coiro, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, is actually going to be directing six episodes of the She-Hulk series for... Marvel on Disney Plus, so worth noting. um, Because this was, you know, a a true rom com. I don't know what that means for She-Hulk. I would assume it means it's going to try to kind of play that comedy aspect of it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to
0: see. It's supposed to be. So She-Hulk is supposed to be a uh, fourth wall breaking superhero court drama show. Uh, Just so you know. (laughs) That's my understanding of what we were going to see, and I'm I'm fine with that, and I'm excited, and I hope Daredevil's in it. Yeah, this director,
2: like a lot of her movies, I haven't heard of, but she's done a lot of TV stuff of popular shows. I mean, it's Always Sunny, Modern Family, uh, Dead to Me, Girls, Five-Ever is a recent show, and then She-Hulk. So you know, it has plenty of experience. But I just thought that was interesting. I didn't know till after the fact. I'm like, oh, this is the person that's doing She-Hulk. So there you go. Um, The other movie that I watched was called I Want You Back, and it is on Amazon Prime. It is a Prime original, and I actually liked this Uh, a lot.
0: I have heard of this, and it looks pretty good. I love uh, Charlie Day. I thought this was a really pleasant surprise.
2: Um, It was recommended by a friend, and... It, it, one of those friends that when he recommends something I'm like okay you know I'll I'll take his word for it I'll give it a shot and I still ended up liking it more than I expected to um so there's uh, yeah.
0: Clint Eastwood's name
2: there? it is Scott Eastwood Scott which Eastwood. Is Clint Eastwood's son gotcha
0: we had a we had a Clint Eastwood uh reference in our game last night uh there's a Clint Eastwood style character I named him uh Clint Weststone Nice.
2: Nice. <laughs> the plot of this movie is Charlie Day is has been in a relationship for like six years, and Ginny Slate is in a relationship with her boyfriend, and they've been together for about 18 months. Ginny uh, Slate and Charlie Day don't know each other at the beginning of the movie. They're just in relationships, and they both happen to get dumped around the same time. And then uh, shortly after that, they meet each other, and they're both sad, and pining over their loved ones that broke up with them and so they vow to help help break up each other's former uh significant others from their new found relationships yeah that makes sense um and so i will say this this movie for for a rom-com as it was the comedy in it worked like i don't know if i've laughed out loud or had this many chuckles at just a typical rom-com in a long time yeah. there were multiple laugh out loud moments in this um one of which one of my favorite moments came from a uh, <laughs> a, a middle school musical of of uh, Little Shop of Horrors and Jenny Slate having to perform Suddenly Seymour. It was absolutely one of my favorite books. <laughs> I mean. That's all I'll say about it. It's worth watching just for that moment. Um, but this, I would say, I wouldn't say Marry Me is, is certified fresh out the box, but I would say I Want You Back is, is certified fresh out the box. You would? Okay. Absolutely. Ooh. I liked it. I would give it a recommendation. If you're looking for a movie to watch with your significant other, um, and you're kind of in the in the mood for a rom com or something of the sort, we don't get as many movies like this anymore because it's just not as bankable of a genre as it used to be. This one would be worth watching if you're in the mood.
0: Yeah. No, definitely, man. No, that's good. That's a good rec there, bud. Um, you watch I anything think... else? Did I watch anything else? I don't think I watched anything else. That's
2: actually it for what I've been watching, but I do have uh, some games that I've been playing, and I know you do too, so I don't know. If if you want to go first, and then I'll mention some of the ones that I've been playing, you know, whatever whatever Uh, you're feeling. The first
0: thing I feel uh, in gaming news, uh, Elden Ring drops uh, in, I believe, uh, six days from recording, five days from airing. Uh, It drops this coming, I think, like Friday, and... I actually, so finally, I don't know if uh, people at home you know know anything about my personal life, uh, but you know, COVID took my job, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's been fucking hard. I have a job. I have money. I might actually buy <laughs> Elton Ring like as soon as it comes out and play it, man. I really might. My, my little brother is a huge Souls fan.
2: and I was going to ask if you're a Souls guy. My,
0: my, 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 my younger brother is a huge Souls guy. I like it i played the shit out of dark souls one i played some of three i skipped two um and i like some of the i like the idea of it i really enjoyed like jedi fallen order which i consider to be a souls-like game um so yeah i guess i'm a fan elden ring i mean george let's we've talked about it before george rr martin was hired by a video game fucking company to make an original universe how are you not going to play it you're tripping you are fucking tripping. This game's going to be, oh man, I'm calling it right now. It's going to be fucking fire. Uh, and I'm probably going to play it day one.
2: What, I'm interested in this because it just seems like it's one of the most anticipated games of the year. It from is. A lot of people, <laughs> but I uh, do not have as good of a track record with the souls games. Mm. I'm just, I, I usually could get into them and beat a boss or two um before i just start getting annihilated and i do, i'm not one of the people that has the patience to keep going with it yeah um which is unfortunate because i feel like i'm missing out on all those i've tried multiple times i've tried demon souls i've tried dark souls i've tried uh oh, what's the other one Sekiro. On bloodborne. Bloodborne. bloodborne
0: bloodborne bloodborne is supposed to be amazing uh but yeah, this is really I've... Good dabbled in those
2: but i usually can never get further than the first couple hours before i just start feeling overwhelmed by it um so yeah but but this one just seems like it's gonna be so big that maybe i have to rethink my my own i don't know i don't know my own strategy i guess
0: uh yeah so i think you need to play it right um Definitely, because I mean, dude, it's it's gonna be like truly culturally relevant. I think I think it's going to be a cultural event for the world. Uh, personally, I'm calling I'm calling it big. I don't normally do that. I try not to because uh, I don't want someone you know a month from now to be like, ha ha. It's just like Cyberpunk. It fucking sucks. Uh, but Elden Ring really looks like it's gonna fucking bring the grease and the heat. And speaking
2: of other just big new release games i did this actually as of recording time just came out yesterday yeah um horizon forbidden west is the the newest big playstation release it's it's for ps4 and ps5 optimized for ps5 um this is the sequel to horizon zero dawn that i think came out in 2017 so this is about five years after the fact that we're finally getting a sequel and I've I've barely gotten into it. I've maybe played it for about three hours. I just got, you know, through the prologue and saw the opening credits and the title of the game, and I just got to where the game opens up into the open world. Uh, but so far, it's it's very impressive. And I'm, I was actually texting with Gary and some friends about this the other day is that You got to give PlayStation credit for this with a lot of their exclusive games, because the opening of Horizon and the gameplay and just the way it looks, this game is just so polished and Mm -hmm. looks incredible. And there's I haven't experienced a single glitch or hiccup or anything. I mean, it is just as polished as it gets for a big AAA game. And I think this is con- relatively consistent with a lot of the big PlayStation releases. You know, the Ratchet & Clank game that came mm-hmm. out last year, Miles Morales, the Spider-Man games. I mean, all those are, are even the year before when uh, The Last of Us Part Two came out and Ghosts of Su- Tsushima. Those games are all just super polished and Horizon fits right in there perfectly. Yeah. And this is what I'm really hoping to see with, the studio acquisitions that xbox had or that microsoft has made and you know we're, we've yet to see some of their exclusives come out obviously the newest forza game was super polished yeah. the halo infinite campaign was actually pretty polished for the most part and so i just would like to see that with more of their big studio produced games of course i have to relate it to microsoft because i'm a xbox homer (laughs) and we tend to do that but it's just true it's just true because you know i saw a report saying that we'll probably get avowed in the first quarter of of 2023 which that's obsidian's new game and i from what we've seen i think we kind of assume that it's gonna be kind of elder scrolls like in how it plays because that's typically the types of games obsidian makes i think the last one they did was uh the outer world outer worlds i was not a fan of outer worlds well there you go and but those games just tend to have like a, a little bit of jank with it and that's just like that's just to be expected with whether it's elder scrolls or fallout or these obsidian games too and man playing a game like horizon you're just like you can feel the budget in this game. <laughs> that's and how good. good it feels that's good and how good it looks because it is Um, I'm very taken with it and that's I'm only three hours in so I can't like really review the game because I'm not far enough into it to to really judge it but those opening few hours are extremely impressive
0: yeah I don't have a PlayStation I usually have to wait for those kind of games to drop on Steam Uh, but as you know I've been playing a PlayStation game lately Days Gone and yeah you're right it is pretty polished man even for an older game uh, I'm not experiencing glitches issues Uh, they definitely have something figured out on their end they 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 really complete their playtests and they really finish their games before, which you know that's that's a whole thing because a lot of other companies fucking do not finish their games. Uh, but yeah, no Horizon Forbidden West looks fun. I didn't get to play Horizon Zero Dawn because I'm on PlayStation. Uh, I could play it on Steam now though, but uh, this looks fun, and I am just the slightest bit jealous.
2: <laughs> it's worth it if you can get uh, Zero Dawn. You know, whether it's in a Steam sale or something of the sort and play it on PC, it's worth it. It's, it
0: was it was like half off uh, when I bought Days Gone, uh, but I chose the zombie game because I have issues. Uh. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. I
1: think I saw a headline that, speaking about the, the budget and the polish, I think I saw a headline, and don't quote me, but it, it said that the game was delayed that, that Forbidden West had been delayed six months or seven, maybe even nine months because it wasn't ready. It wasn't done. And that was fine. And Sony let them delay their game and release their game. And look what Drew has to say about it. Yeah. So if, and, and that's one thing Microsoft has had a problem with, I, I think was in Halo is the first one that you've really seen them uh, delay and dump and really believe in and give all that trust to. And maybe it wasn't their best uh, choice to, to dump it all into Halo, but. I think that this is a beginning of them doing what Sony does, right? This is the beginning of Microsoft realizing they're going to have to do that if they're going to keep up. And so I think this is a cool, you know, it, be, I always say that it, it's a cool time to be alive. We're, we're seeing video games. We're seeing Xbox really change. Microsoft is going to change what it's doing in the future. Yeah. We're going to see video games change even more. And these, indie studio, these major studios are going to buy up indie studios and have all kinds of wild games i think going forward
0: yes excellent um man speaking of games i guess uh so Ooh. you want to talk I, i'm going to talk a little bit about pokemon uh pokemon go surprisingly good, um, good.
2: i've got more pokemon after this so this yeah po- yeah
0: so uh I don't know if either. Well, I know that Drew still plays Pokemon Go. Uh, I don't think Gary continued uh, to this point. Do you still play, Gary? I do not. So me and Jenny still play. Uh, I was, we were out, at you know, hanging out at Lost and Terra playing uh, not that long ago. And it was cool, man. Uh, it's still, they're still going strong with the events. They still have a lot of cool stuff going on. And they have another paid ticket item. Uh, they have the Johto Pass coming out. Uh, I think next Saturday, uh, it's like, it's like 12 bucks, right? It goes from like 9am to 9pm your time, no matter where you live. Uh, and you get a chance to catch Apex, Shadow, ho and Lugia. Uh, they are the, the same legendary birds that have been out, but they are going to be like souped up, awesome, limited edition. Uh, the last event they did like this was the one where you could catch Reggie Gigas, which I also did that. Uh, 12 bucks for an event. Uh, what do you guys think? I, you know, as, as a a fan of this free game and I, you know, almost never spend money on it. I feel like that's fine. I'm fine with it to catch, uh, for a cool event like this. I'm down to pay the 12 bucks. What do you think, Drew?
2: I, I don't know if I will. I, I do like playing Pokemon Go and I've been playing it a lot more. Probably about the past month or so. I feel like there's been kind of a resurgence with a lot of people jumping into it. And uh, I've been checking it daily, you know, but I'm just horrible about anytime I use like an incense or anything in the game that's a timed thing, I use it. And then I forget to log back in within that hour. And I'd be scared (laughs) that I would drop 12 bucks on a pass for a 12-hour thing and then only hop in, you know, three times. Well, the cool thing...
0: Yeah, the cool thing about the past, uh, so I don't know if it's going to be the same this time, but last time, uh, I don't know if you know, but the Pokemon Go scene in Katie is actually really big. Uh, I believe one of the world champions of uh, Pokemon Go lives here. Um, And so, like, the raid trains really do happen because sometimes you have to do the raid trains to finish the events like this you have to do like so many raids against hoa or lugia to finish quests and get to the end of the line uh and it could be a real good time man everyone's like in their cars you usually have like a driver and someone working like two or three phones and it's just an interesting thing that me and jenny have done from time to time it's been pretty fun and i think i will do it again unfortunately i think she works that day But maybe I'll go steal her phone or something and do it for her. Uh,
1: When I was working as a parks deputy, uh, that's when Pokemon Go came out. (laughs) And every single Harris County park was a Pokestop. Every single one. Yeah. And so we had this huge influx of young people coming to the parks and of course, they would just go sit in like one section of the park, and a bunch of the old guys had no idea what the hell was happening. <laughs> and of course, I'm I'm pulling up in my squad car, playing Pokemon Go, and just like hold my phone up at everybody there. Everybody starts laughing, and we're all we're all playing Pokemon Go. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool culture, man. It's it's a really it it's cool a culture. fun game. It's, it's a it's a great time. Uh, there were even times where, since I was a park deputy, I had the keys. And so afterwards, we would go in and uh, go in and lock the gate behind us and just fucking sit there at the Poké Stops and play for like two or three hours after the park was closed. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, fond memories of that game, mm-hmm. but I don't see myself dropping $12 for a chance to catch a thing. I would drop $12 for a thing.
0: I actually so, I actually think that you are guaranteed to at least catch one of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure Reggie Gigas was also a guaranteed capture Um
1: Reggie Gigas sounds like a jazz musician.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the Reggie Steel, Reggie uh, Ice, and Reggie Rock are the three you have to capture, and then you have to go capture Reggie Gigas, who's like the <laughs> the big like amalgamation creature. But yeah, no, uh, you are
2: guaranteed. Was for sure an '80s musician. Absolutely. Exactly.
1: That whole band is called Four Reggies. Each <laughs> one of them is an '80s musician.
0: Yeah. If you don't, if you don't finish the quest, I guess you do miss out uh, in the time. But if you go and do it for like an hour or two, if you have the time, you should probably uh, be able to complete it. But yeah, I don't know. That's all. That's my Pokemon Go news. I, I do still play and I do still enjoy it speaking
2: of pokemon um i have still been pretty entrenched in pokemon arceus uh, since it came out and playing it a lot and that's the only bad thing about horizon forbidden west coming out is that i'm still wanting to play pokemon arceus and so it's one of those things though that's nice because arceus is on switch so like even this morning i was hanging you know I let my wife sleep in. I'm sitting, hanging out with my daughter. She's playing with her toys and watching frozen on TV or whatever. And so I was able to play handheld and still catch the Pokemon while I'm doing that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit. I don't want to repeat myself too much from what I said last week, but man, I just love the mechanics of this. I'm pretty deep in the game now. Like I've almost cleared all there. There's five, I believe there's five major areas i have all of the pokemon mounts that you can get yeah. that make all the traversal um possible doable yeah. i guess yeah and so it's cool because you know the opening area the first open world area you get to go to it's a lot of low level pokemon you know badoofs and starlies and wormples and things <laughs> that people know pokemon i'm speaking a different language but you know a lot of level twos and threes and fours and such um That make up that first island, but there's rivers and things that you can't cross early in the game. And so then you go back when you have mounts where you can fly and you can swim and you can climb and it opens up, you know, all different aspects of the map, including verticality and just yeah overall and you go to these new areas that you couldn't access before and there's new rare pokemon i went and caught my boy mr mime i found him chilling out on an island building his wall and i snuck up on him and got him so i was pretty pumped for that one you know it's just it's fun seeing them all out in the wild and going to (laughs) you know areas you've been to before but but new spaces there and finding new things it's it's very enjoyable the grind is fun
0: I've actually been really lucky because, like, last time you didn't have a lot to say because you just got it. This I was really looking forward to hearing more about it from you because, uh, like, I don't know if I have time right now. So, I, I haven't picked it up yet, but I might now. Uh It sounds like a good time. It sounds like it has, like, that Pokemon Snap charm where you get to see them, you know, in the wild, which was always really cool. And uh, it just sounds like a good time. There's, there's also – I love
2: the alpha Pokemon aspect of Me it. Too. So, basically – you're out in the open world, you know. Here's a perfect example, right? In the first area, uh, you go and I found a field of Ponyta. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, cool, you know. And they're all low level, whatever. And then you keep going, and then there's a giant Rapidash with red glowing eyes that's huge. And you know, I have a bunch of level five and six Pokemon in my team because I had just started. And this level this Rapidash is like a level forty five. Just one k- hits. M- all my Pokemon tries to attack me, so all you can do is run away. Well, now that I've gone through all the different maps and gotten all these things, I've gone back, and I have now I have Pokemon that are you know over level fifty and sixty, and so I was able to engage it and I caught it. And so that's the yeah. thing is you can Rapidash, you know, you can catch a ponytail, evolve it into a Rapidash, but even still, the Alpha ones are giant. So when I have They're it, huge, like, yeah. Go back to the town, you can let your Pokemon out of their Pokeballs and just they're just chilling there. And the Rapidash is like as tall as a house, like it's just, <laughs> and uh, it's just really funny and, and fun to have those and build up your team in that way. It's uh, yeah, man, Pokemon Arceus, it's it's fun. And I'm gonna keep playing it, um, in between sessions of Horizon Forbidden
0: West, absolutely. Uh, the last thing I had. To talk about um, is a Kickstarter. I, I, it's been a long time. Like I said earlier, man, I have a job again, uh, and I could feed the beast once more. Um, I think I know what you're gonna say, yeah. and oh my god, I'm excited too. I'm huh? so excited. Uh, so we've talked a lot about Deep Rock Galactic on the podcast because and Gary, huge fan. We we played last night. We were we were playing Deep Rock Galactic last night and having a good ass time
1: and it was still fresh Galactic has literally been on my xbox for almost two years exactly i haven't removed it i and and i have limited space on my hard drive right so i delete like three games a week because i download all the free stuff and deep rock always makes the cut it's one of the top three co-op games of all time i mean (laughs) i
0: will not hear anyone
1: tell me otherwise yeah
0: absolutely it's one of the top three co-op games hands down of all time Across all generations of consoles. But yes, uh, and it's free on Game Pass, and it's cheap if you have to pay for it. So if you're not playing it, there's something wrong with you, check it out. It's fun with your friends. But they released a Kickstarter for a board game, baby. A board game. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic Cooperative Board Game Adventure. Fucking, uh, I believe you can get the base game for about 60 bucks. Uh, but uh, me, Carrie got the, the deluxe versions, uh, for like a hundred something. And they come with, uh, like neoprene game, mat, art prints, uh, models, uh, like 3d plastic models, uh, paintable. If you're so inclined, uh, and they look so good, man. I know that they have a Molly, uh, who is where you put your minerals with a removable, like roof so that you can actually put stuff in her. Uh, it, It looks fantastic. It looks like it's made with love, and it looks high quality, man. This is going to be... This is a Kickstarter to watch. It's already fully funded. Uh, Right now, they're just doing stretch goals. Uh, The most recent one, they unlocked the Warden, uh, who boosts other insects uh, to be much stronger. So you have to take him out first. Uh, And the next one, I believe, is a new set of secondary weapons for all the characters. So... And the, the secondary
1: that. weapons, of course, they come out as cards. And the mm. Warden was another plastic miniature. And I think by the end of this, there are, what, John, close to three dozen miniatures? Yes. Uh, which is, for me, as a Deep Rock Galactic fan, uh, I, I backed this board game. I don't know how many times I'll play the board game, right? It's just my wife and mm. I. We'll probably play the board game a couple times. But just having
0: three the dozen...
1: Three dozen miniatures of this game that I love. I, I just I can't wait for the miniatures to get
0: here. It is worth uh, it for the miniatures alone, for sure. They're going
1: to be all around my um, my video game systems and all around my bookshelves and stuff. And then I'll probably paint them also.
0: Uh, I'm more I'm excited. great. I'm more excited than I need to be for the mouse pad and the art prints for sure. I definitely shouldn't be as excited for those as I am. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, me and Jenny, you know, me and Jenny, we play board games a lot every week. We play at least one, uh, and we will definitely be playing this and probably drew probably play with you at some point. So it's going to be good time. Uh, but yeah, that was my last thing. Uh, check out kickstarter guys there's a lot of cool projects happening that you have no idea about uh, from bigger designers and indie developers alike indie developers need our support so go get on there there's something for everybody on kickstarter Uh, that's it for me
2: gary anything you've been playing that you want to note
1: uh, so, actually, yeah, I was thinking I might leave it till next week, but since you asked, why not? The new Chivalry 2 update came out. Mm. There's a, a new map for Chivalry, and it adds in some new weapons you can pick up. Uh, one is a, a Highland Sword, which is sort of the Great Sword that you imagine in your mind when you hear Great Sword. Uh, so, a real Great Sword is just like a big ass long sword, but the Highland Sword is about six to eight inches wide, and yeah, maybe like kind of five, five feet long. It's just this massive destructive blade. So they added a new weapon. They added a new map. You can now pick up and throw peasants. You can pick up and throw pigs. You can pick up and throw <laughs> beehives. Uh, I found a scythe, and I cut a guy's head off with a, with a scythe. So just more more of what you want from Chivalry. Uh, More of the same, right? More weapons, more fighting, more blood, more gore, more maps. Um, I've talked about Chivalry 2 on here before, but for anyone who's hearing about it for the first time, Chivalry 2 is a first-person melee combat medieval war game. So think swords, axes, uh, shields, spears, bows, and crossbows. And it's a Hail Mary onslaught of fighting and sieging. I, I can't get enough of it. Uh, it's it's a really fun way to pass the time, right? You just go in and you chop people up and you go back to what you were doing, like a normal
0: person. It's a great way to blow up steam, man. Me and Gary played that last night, too, uh, and it felt good, man. Uh, when you get in there and you're like, sometimes you're fighting like three people at a time. When you win that fight, you feel like the fucking king, man. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, so I've been using the Glaive a lot recently, and the the problem with using a big polearm is that you hit your teammates, right? So I figured out the way to use the Glaive is just to sort of run off and taunt people to come fight you, and so I've been doing a bunch of two- and three-on-ones, just swiping and slashing people with the Glaive, whooping their ass. Uh, I, it's Whenever you get bored in that game, you just pick another class and pick a different weapon, and you have so much to learn about the intricacies of the timing and the swings and all that, so... Uh, the game just keeps giving. There's always more strategy to be had. Yeah, Love I lit Chivalry. a guy
0: on fire and chopped his head off. It was a good night, man. It was fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you could pick up that head and throw it at somebody. You can. It's, it's quite the game. Uh, if you haven't tried it, it's worth a shot. <laughs> it is also not a full-price game. Uh, it's $40, and they continue to release free content for it. Yeah, so. that's
1: it for me, though, man. Just just more Chivalry 2, more of the same games. Uh, there is Seriously, there's not a game coming out this year. That I give a shit about until either they secretly release like Fable 4 or until Saints Row relaunch comes out in October or whatever. I'm just so not excited for games right now. Uh, and I did download the new the new Dawn of War, the Warhammer uh, on Game Total Pass War, that yeah. Jahan was talking about, uh, Total War. I've downloaded it. I haven't played it yet. I'll play it with Jahan. So I'll talk about that one uh, some other time.
0: Yeah, that's it for me too. You'd get your
2: I'm good. I think that that is it All for right. episode thirty-three. All right. hell like, yeah,
0: thirty-three yeah. episodes with my with my two great friends Drew and Gary. Uh, it's been a privilege. Fucking love doing it. Uh, I'm Jahanan, the board game guru, game master extraordinaire. At Rock Facto on Twitter, at Jahanan1 on TikTok.
1: I am the co-host, Casualty CDG, and if you like to hear me and Jahan, well, then you can hear me and Jahan every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We play tabletop role-playing games, um, and we try to switch it up. We play with new casts. We play new games. We started with Dungeons & Dragons like everybody else, but now we are currently playing Wild Sea, which is an indie game where you sail the tops of treetops with sawtoothed ships Uh, I play a sentient colony of spiders, who is a rogue doomsayer who always foretells the downfall of his team, uh, even though it's not accurate. We're also playing Icons on Wednesday. That's a superheroes game where I play a duplicating teleporter. So if you guys think that sounds cool, then come step by Fresh Out the Box. We'll be there.
2: And I am Drew Munhausen. You can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And that's it. You can catch us next week. We will be talking the just onslaught of new trailers and things that have hit the web um, in the past few weeks. And we are excited to dig into those. So catch us next time.
1: Last time I saw a trailer hit the web,
3: it was in Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Stay fresh, everybody.